Hey guys, welcome to the See You on the Trail podcast. My name is Hitch. Uh, we tried to do some footage um, last night. Mm. It didn't work. We had a great time. We enjoyed ourselves. And uh, the footage I'll bring up in some bloopers later. But look up there. That's, that's Brad Lovell's rear bumper from his Bronco, 4600 Bronco. But anyway, we are going to put out this video right now, and uh, we're going to have a good time doing it. Um, Last night was great, um, but I'm not putting that out. Uh, I may put it out in a blooper video or something like that. But uh, guys, we appreciate you. We're we're having a good time. We're enjoying this. If you want to help us, I'm going to set up a Patreon so we can get people here. I, I completely horribly hate doing Zoom podcasts. Don't like them. Don't like the phone calls. Don't like anything. I want somebody to be in person. We have a shop that is great right here. I mean, we've got the shop right here. Look at this. There's the full bar right there. And if you look right here, in fact, uh, Seth, my new co-host, he actually, he actually wrote notes. He wrote notes to say what we were going to say, but it didn't work because we, uh, we have a refrigerator and a freezer with all kinds of alcohol and not to mention territory whiskey. We're working with them, uh, as well. We've got a loft up here for this. And then also we have the fireman's pole, which all the guys know what the fireman's pole. We might have some more fun with that, but anyway, but we've got a toolbox, um, and we're going to have fun with this podcast. So please think about helping us out. I'm going to set up a Patreon. Also, I think we're going to do maybe a, a YouTube. I don't know how you do that, the whole YouTube thing. Um, but we need to do a nine-episode podcast. We need about $15,000 to bring everybody here to my house, to my shop, right here, with the bar and everything else. We need that kind of money to bring everybody here. Nine episode podcast. And um, that's basically, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's what we need. We need money. But uh, we'll take them out to dinner or give them something to, oh, you know, he needs to give them something to cook. And uh, we'll have burger, steaks, whatever. So, guys, uh, enjoy this podcast that's coming out. Uh, I'm going to put it up here. It, it, right after this you're gonna see it and tell us what you think because we did this one mobile and we enjoyed it we had a great time doing it but we did it on bare bones so we'll see but uh thank you very much my name is hitch and see you on the trail later well guys thanks for coming to the see you on the trail podcast um we're chilling out here in disney and uh we're just sitting here bullshitting drinking beers having burgers so let's go around the, the way and just uh, see who, what everybody's name is, uh, what class they race in, and where they're from. We can start over here with Ian. Uh, my name's Ian Boyce. I race 4915 in the 4900 stock production class um, out of Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, that's about that. Gotcha. Now who's next? Kevin Taylor, uh, 911, race 4400 class. Been racing for a few years now, and that's about that. Right now, rebuilding the car. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll talk more about that later. And uh, who we got over here on the next one? Shelby St. Clair. Uh, Saturday's going to be my first race, 4800 class, car number 2452. Gotcha. Where are you from? Justin, Texas. Gotcha. And who's next? Cody St. Clair spelled the correct way. Wrong. No, it's the right <laughs> way, you Frenchie. <laughs> 4561 Cooper Tire Car. 4500 class, been racing Ultra 4 for going on eight, near, eight years next year. So, I thought, well, I think you're actually the youngest, aren't you, of the, of the crew here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe so. How old are you? 24. 24. 24 That's last, last year, uh, last week. And I That's guess right. I'm the oldest. Uh, maybe. <laughs> dad or grandpa? Which one is I'm, it? I'm dad. That's dad. I'm always, okay. I'm always dad. He's the dad of the group. <laughs> well cool yeah um let's just i mean we're, let's bs about how we all started racing um we all started we all came to this place right now a completely different realm i literally came from i just wanted a front row seat to the to the races 
And so I said, if I put a camera in my hand, I could be on the front row. So that's what I did. And uh, just started that way. Um, Kevin, how'd you end up starting out from way back when? Um, of course, I've always started out rock crawling with Jeeps and had a bad accident in 2015. Um, had a choice, either get back into it or quit. Uh, I spent a few days in the ICU, so it was not a very good experience. And then um, decided to build a rock bouncer and start racing rock bouncing. So in 2015, I started racing rock bouncers and then in 2019, I think it was, uh, some random guy comes up to me at, a, at an event. Hawk Pride. At Hawk Pride, and says, I want to buy your car. And I said, it's not for sale. And he said, I don't think you understand what I'm saying here. I want to buy your car. And I said, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. It's not for sale. Well. I didn't get the chance to race that weekend because uh, the car sold. And that's when I started building my next rig. Um, Heat Day helped me out. We started building another rock bouncer. And about halfway through the build, Heat uh, mentioned something about endurance racing. And I said, that sounds pretty fun. I said, why don't we just build a, a half and half rig? And so we built a half and half rig. and. That's where we've been heading ever since then. After our first endurance race, I have never looked back on rock bouncing. I will not rock bounce. I don't care for it. And so I'm a true blue endurance racer now. Wow, man. True blue. Now, uh, tell us why you're not racing this weekend. Well, we all have wrecks. And as you can see, uh, Ian's sitting right next to me. Brought my trophy. And bought, brought his trophy, his turtle shell that he's um, having to wear. Um, the Nightmare of Crandon. We were the second vehicle to crash that evening. And we had a very, very, very bad crash. And Ian broke his back. Yeah and I destroyed the car but we are rebuilding the car and we're working on it and hopefully uh, we'll have it all back together and ready to go for King of the Hammers 2023. Cool yeah in short we'll go a little bit more in detail in Crandon here in a bit. Um, Shelby how'd you start out? Uh, pretty much same as Kevin around I don't know what is it 90 I think it was 90 92 I bought a YJ started going off road then I got married, had to sell that, and then married my new wife. We married or divorced? Huh? Married or divorced? Well, I was married to my first wife. Because most of these cars cause divorces. No, none, none of no. Oh, we're good here. So, first wife cheated on me, so that's what caused that divorce. I wasn't good enough. Is she showing you with the guy that bought the original YJ? <laughs> she, she cheated on me with a guy like that. Uh, oh well. Oh wow. <laughs> Subjective. Yeah. This is this is this is New Orleans stuff. This is Louisiana. Now, now, stuff. This, was, this was actually in North Carolina. So, anyway, kicked her to the curb and started paying a buttload of child support for many many years. And uh, me and my current wife, we uh, she wanted a Jeep, so we went out and bought her 10th anniversary Rubicon in like 2013. Took it to Hot Springs, and that was it. She was hooked. And then we went to a a rock bouncer race. And I was like, hey, I can do that. That looks fun. Hell yeah, let's do that. So started building a car. She'd be a bouncer. Can't call him a car, right? Nope. So started started building a bouncer with a guy in Shreveport, Louisiana. His shop flooded. Cost me fifteen, twenty thousand dollars of parts. And uh, oh, we're getting yelled at over here, excuse me. Cost, <laughs> cost me about fifteen, twenty grand in parts that got flooded. Um, ended up contracting the guy out of Alabama to build me a different bouncer, which is currently racing right now for NRA. Uh, voodoo child and it was just going to be a trail rig that i was going to race a little bit here and there and then i got the car home a year and a half two years later i met heath day and i wanted to get rid of the four-speed atlas so he's like put an scs in i said well it won't fit he said yeah well i'll show you some bitch showed up with a freaking porch and started cutting my brand new car apart <laughs> so 
So he put in a SCS for me, and I was like, yeah, it's just not good enough. I want bypasses and trailing arms. So Heath had to cut the front and the back off the car. And we finally got the car done. Heath, Kevin, and myself, all one week, just busted ass getting it done. I think it was the first time I actually met Kevin was that weekend at Heath's place. Yep. Um, and that's in Texarkana, Texas. I had to run back to Dallas to get brake part fittings, brake fittings and stuff. Anyway, we busted ass, got the car done. And uh, my first race was going to be at Hawk Pride when uh, Kevin sold his car. Well, we get the car there, and this was the second blown motor in that car in a week. And the, the motor was running fine. I put Steve Howell in. I was like, hey, go get a little seat time. We're going to share the car this weekend. 15 minutes later, he comes by, and he's like, calls me. Hey, man, uh, motor's bad. So we just parked the car back on the trailer, and then a guy named, uh, what was Aaron's last name? Had cockroach. Uh, Aaron. Mm. I, I, I remember him. I can't remember yeah. his last name. Anyway, Aaron yeah. cockroach put me in, in, in his in his bouncer, and it was built for somebody that's about five foot three and 97 pounds soaking wet. So <laughs> me and my big 5'10", 5'11", 280, 290-pound ass finally got in the car, strapped in, Made two horrible passes because I don't understand rear steer and I don't follow directions real well. So that's how I started. And then Kevin decided that uh, he was going to go ultra four and endurance racing. And uh, what? I bought a car, what, two months ago? I bought Dana's old car? Yep. A 4800 truck car uh, built in Texas. You've drove it on a trailer? I've drove it on the trailer, off, off the, trailer, the trailer, on the trailer, off the trailer, on the trailer. At about a mile today, pre-running until yep. we smoked the tire and said, ah, we'll figure it out on race day. So, <laughs> Saturday's my first race. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be a shit show. But I don't give a shit because I'm having a million dollars of fun. That, Luckily, I'm, I'm pit crew. Yeah, Kevin's pit crew. He did. He co-drove for me today until we made it to the waterfall. And then we got yelled at for having a flat, so we parked it. So. Gotcha. Uh, Cody, let's talk about how you started. You started real young, from what I understand. I was racing at the age of four with TQRA, going all over the U.S. racing 90cc quads that weren't technically 90cc, <laughs> and had Honda 400 trailing arms and shit on it. But after I had a couple wrecks there, I got out of it, bought a little 94YJ on tons and 40s, and wheeled it around, wheeled it up and down Clayton, Hammers, uh, Bridgeport, all over. R Dirt Riot came to Texas one year, and Dad caught wind of it and said, this would be fun, let's do it. So we took my YJ, completely stripped it down. Mind you, still on leaf springs, and the four liter, triple nine and 302. How's your back? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Built it up to the best we could, Raced it like that for a couple years, beat the shit out of the frame, put a 5.7 out of a Corvette with a 350 and a new, then, Atlas race case. You have them double hump heads on there? Fuck no. <laughs> but it does push about 500 now. Ooh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Raced that for five or six years in that iteration. Then was, we, we started just getting numb to it, heard it ultra four raced one race in the yj and that was hammers and made it quarter of a mile because the rear shot pulled out of the hymen shot the springs off Jeez. Oh. right and that was she got leaf springs though you were good no that was on coilovers oh shit. that was with the <laughs> that's when we put the ls we put leaf springs and four linked oh, it oh man trailing arms in the rear all kinds of shit mm. with the same axle that's in the car now that 14 okay. bolt okay so then we built the car we have now we took a year off went to adamant tribe Said, hey, we want we want you to build us a 4500 car. He said, okay. Built a chassis that was tabbed out, roller, shocks mounted, sheet metal. Took it from him and then started building it to essentially what it is today. Like I said, it's got a 14 bolt that's shaved two inches. It's got a 609 in the front. Now, beginning of last season or mid-season, we put a 408 stroker from Thompson in it with a mild built 400 in the same same transfer case out of the yj and we've been racing it that car since 2016. good deal so 
Yeah, and, and you said you're 24 now, right? Yeah. Just I as started racing Ultra 4 when I was 16 or 15 or 16. Wasn't, it the, wasn't the Buzz the Red Dog the last y, the last race the YJ did? I believe so, because that's when Mark cacked the corner off and bent the inner C and Dad went down to the bar and drove it in there and welded the knuckle back on. Well, you guys smoked it. it close to the finish line, didn't you? It was on that that um, that double. Okay. With the little cutout, Mark didn't commit, and he he teed it right off the right off the top <laughs> and bent the inner C, broke the broke the tube. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, Buzz the Red Dog was one I did. Uh, one of the events I did is the only two-day race we basically had. I think there's been a couple more now, but we did it back in 13, 13 and fourteen. I yeah. think is when it was. Now, Ian, you're last but not least, last man. Talk to us. Um, pretty similar, I guess. Started out trail riding um, in a full-size truck, which seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh, easy. Oh, boy. Crack. Crack. <laughs> How much in this chair for good? Hit? Crack. All this is Might have to use that medevac pretty soon. Yeah. Um, started out with trail riding stuff, and then uh, back after Toyota, put an LS in it. Uh, ended up with one tons trail rig. Then kind of kept going with it, and uh, I've always wanted to build an S10 pickup. So that turned into a full tube chassis buggy, LS, 14 volts, front and rear coilovers. Got that done just about the time that I got hooked up with Shelby and Kevin with the rock bouncer stuff. And uh, the Ultra 4 thing was kind of an interesting concept because I really like the endurance racing kind of aspect of it. Um, I think I kind of like it because it, it gives you that opportunity to maybe not have the highest horsepower, most money rig kind of thing, but you can make the car last and still be relatively competitive. Yeah, you can use attrition to your yeah. side. And, it it does know, help. I'm not going to come out here with the biggest checkbook, even if I wanted to. I just can't. Um, and you can still respectively finish races if you just maintain what you have and you know, make the most of what you have, I guess. So. It's kind of exciting to be able to do some kind of motorsports where you're not, you know, I guess, racing checkbooks most of the time. Um, so I ended up buying a Razor. Just, I don't know, I was probably bored one day. I thought it was a good idea. And then, because uh, uh, I've never done any side-by-side stuff at all. I've just always been full-size rigs on big tires, wide axles, all that. Never had done side-by-side stuff at all. Bought a Razor and then decided, well, We've got that, might as well cut it up and see what happens with it, I suppose. So, Go golf cart racing. Yeah, so we yep. went golf cart racing with it. Uh, I guess this year would have been our first year for uh, doing Ultra 4 stuff. And we did um, Visions, actually, was our first race. So my wife's co-driving with me, which is pretty cool. It's kind of a neat experience to do that with her. Um, and kind of learn and grow together, and we've done pretty well so far. So. Yeah, if you go into if if you, you want to hear more in depth stuff about Ian, I'd suggest going ahead and checking out the Pit Guys. They do a podcast with you, and that was how I learned a lot more that was about a really you. Really good episode. It was. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. A random, you know, last minute thrown together, but it was pretty fun to do. That's uh, the best way a podcast works if it's random and thrown together. Yep, <laughs> it worked out well. But uh, so, what's your car number? Uh, it's forty nine fifteen. Good deal. Now, uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, this season, this is the 2022 season. Um, Ian, what races have you run this season, and where are you sitting in points? And well, we started. Um, we were going to race at AOP, but we hadn't even. I don't even think we had picked the racer up from you until AOP from Amherst. Probably not. Um, so that didn't happen. But we made visions. Um, we raced at Crandon. Those are the only two Ultra 4 races, I guess. Yeah. We did uh, the Badlands in Indiana started up their track race series again this year. And they ran three races there this year. We ran all three of those and finished all three of those. But we finished Visions. I don't remember. We rolled on lap three. A nice little sideways flop and finished. Got it winched back over and actually finished. Um, and then we finished... It was ninth in the class at Brandon. Tenth the first night, ninth the second night. So I think it's like before before Legends. I think it was like thirteenth in national points. But we don't have enough. Uh, we didn't run an extra regional race, so we're not eligible for points. But still, the whole theory of finish the race, conservatively take care of your car, 
crap, we're actually not sitting, you know, as bad as you may have thought you were for doing you know, two races and being new at it, I guess. So, so you're sitting in... Uh, I think it's 13th in national points. 13 in national points? Yeah. Now are you at east or west, I guess east, right? It would be east, yeah. Okay, cool. And then... Uh, what do you think? Of, you went on? No, you can't pre-run. <laughs> nope. I, I, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I pre-ran the like backside of the pit area, uh, but this is my first time here, and it's I mean it's kind of impressive. Uh, you know, you've seen videos over the years and everything, but I've never actually been here or wheel anything here, so it's it's pretty cool to see. Uh, definitely bummed we're not racing though, but I mean, I got you. Welcome to life, but you gotta you gotta deal with it, and move on. But it uh, it looks like a wild course just from. A little bit, and you can actually see quite a bit from down in the pit area there. Um, so we got a chance to watch some cars go through there. It looked like fun. It looked like fun for sure. Yeah, cool. Now, uh, Shelby, uh, you said this is your first Ultra 4 race ever. First time driving the car was today. Was today. Today. <laughs> At like 2 o'clock. Off the trailer. <laughs> Not on the on or off the trailer. Yeah, first time driving it. Other than on or off the trailer, correct. <laughs> well, dang. So, uh, I mean, what other races have you ran? I mean, you've done some rock monster stuff. You mentioned that a little bit before. Yep. So, endurance is something brand new to you, correct? Yeah. What was it? Three, four weeks ago, Ian, I flew up to Indiana because yeah, I was yeah, easily broke yeah. back over there. Yep. Um, his wife, Catherine, wanted to run the trek race at Badlands. And I was like, hey, you know, if you want a co-driver and you want somebody you know, to ride with you, I'll go. So I hopped on a plane, flew up to Champagne. They picked me up, got some bomb-ass Mexican food, and then it's always great the night before a race. And then I uh, went over to Badlands the next day, and uh, you know, we, I think we finished, where did we finish in that race? Like eighth or ninth? I was going to say it was right around there, yeah. I don't actually remember, to be honest with you. She was just happy to finish, so. Yeah, but it was an hour-long woods race with a little bit of short course, and it was her first complete race. She had raced another time in Michigan and uh, didn't go so well. And if you ever look at his side-by-side, -side, he's got a squirrel mounted on the seat pillar, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's a spare, spare tire. tire now, yeah. um, as well as Kevin has one on his spare tire. And pretty much you get a squirrel if you are in the tree award, which means you've smoked a tree at some point in your racing career. So I and that's another thing, Kevin. I mean, Mike's right there, so you can talk while we're trying to stoke the fire. But yeah, um, I noticed that you had a squirrel on your car. Yes, and I never knew the story about it. So. <laughs> that's all me and my wife. Well, so, coming. Okay, so you come from the rock crawling world, and in the rock crawling world, you are always using rocks and trees to help you leverage you to get up an obstacle. So you hug trees. Well, Tree hugger, huh? Yeah, tree hugger. So hugging trees in a high speed racing world doesn't work. You have a- Visions 2021. You have a, you have a, <laughs> you have a tendency to um, get a little bit too close to the tree and you shoot up the tree with your rig or your car and you're chasing squirrels at that time and you're rolling back down the hill. So I have always had a tendency when I'm at an obstacle or something to steer towards the trees, but I forget that I'm going 50 miles an hour and running, running into the trees and going up the trees. Right. So that's where the squirrel came from and I try my best to stay away from trees, but it's just doesn't quite happen. They, no. just, they just reach out. And, and really, the squirrel started at Hawk Pride, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which would have been the first bouncer race that, for the 911 car. That the 911 car, yeah. car was at. And um, he climbed a tree. I climbed a tree. And we jokingly said, what are you doing there, Kevin? Chasing squirrels? And I'm chasing <laughs> and squirrels. And my wife, you know, she loves Amazon, so she jumps on Amazon and orders a damn plush uh, squirrel. And through the two bad wrecks that Kevin's been in, Visions last year and Brandon this year, the squirrel is, he's been put back together. He had a little surgery with uh, Carrie Day a few weeks ago. He, he looks a little rough, but I at, think he now has a helmet and goggles. At Crankton, the squirrel got, uh, the insides are on, now on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. The squirrel was completely disemboweled yes. 
his innards. <laughs> yes. We're no longer innards. So I don't know where the squirrel is. Supposedly is at the hospital getting surgery. We don't know if it's going to make it back on my car or not. Um, I don't know if I will be sent a new squirrel or a new squirrel might have to show up. Have to put the old squirrel back right, on the car, but I will always run a squirrel in the car from here on out. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen it, Hitch, but uh, Hammer, his first year at Hammer's 2020, I believe. 2020. Uh, there was some great helicopter footage of Kevin just blasting across the desert. And they zoom in, I shit you not, on the freaking squirrel, riding on the spare tire of the car. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that because I think that's when I did the video for you. Yeah, wasn't it? It was. So it's probably yeah. the first time a squirrel's ever been at King of the Hammer. But, uh, unbelievable, it's a turtle. But that, that squirrel is very famous. It's, uh, it's now part of Kevin's logo, I do believe. It's yes, an it is. Rabbit squirrel. It is part of my crest. Uh, of course, you know that. Uh, Porsche has a crest. Their logo is actually a crest. So uh, a while back, I created a crest out of the Porsche logo for us. But now, instead of a horse, there's an angry squirrel. <laughs> well, thinking about may or may not be a surprise on my car at Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to race Hammer, Shelby? That's the plan. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. In 45, 48. 48. So we Legends. should have 48, 49, 4400 all running at Hammer under the point one name. Gotcha, sweet. Now, let's go ahead and track back a little bit to uh, Visions 2021, you chasing squirrels. Yes. I was there for that, and I'd like to hear it from your, from what happened to you. That was one of your bad wrecks, and honestly, nobody knew it happened until it you came walking out of the woods. Um, <laughs> while we were pre-running, we blew a strut. And, you know, of course, everybody makes fun of me because I run ORIs. I don't run coilovers and bypasses and all that kind of stuff. I want to. I want to. I've always, from day one since I was rock crawling, have ran ORI struts, and so I wanted to do what I could do to prove that ORI could run in a endurance or a high speed application. And so I've I've been running ORIs, and during pre running we blew a strut, and we completely pulled the strut apart and we rebuilt it there as a matter of fact over I was at uh, visions and they rebuilt it for me and we put it back on the car and so while we were racing uh, I came around a turn and all of a sudden my right rear just went to nothing and bump steer rear bump steer or something happened and it slung my car sideways and I tried to react to it but I was going 50 miles an hour and so I oversteered and it slung my car to the left and there comes a tree and it the tree was stationary the you tree, came at the, tree. Well, the tree was coming at me as I was approaching it we were both so going the same speed. Yeah, fault, fault was mutually shared. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but my driver's side rear tire hit the tree, completely ripped my axle in half. 14. 14 bolt axle, completely ripped in half, took the whole rear tire and half the axle off, and everybody said it was about 90 feet up in the air. Uh, is that the same exaggeration as Heath's 30 horsepower grinder with a 40 no. inch black wheel? No. It, it was up there. It was, it, there. We got everybody the said that it was up there. Was, I said here it was 30, 40 feet. The, weird, the weird thing is, is that here I am, I just hit this tree and I'm in the air and I'm doing flips. And nothing ever touched the ground except for the spare tire. And the squirrel was on the spare tire. The squirrel was on the spare tire. <laughs> but the squirrel survived. The squirrel survived. <laughs> and I ended up back on all fours. Well, on all three at the top. 2.75. Facing, facing <laughs> oncoming traffic. My tool bag, which was strapped on my spare, was shoved into the beat of the spare. Yes, I remember that. But nothing else on the car was touched. And I'm just sitting there going, what just happened? So after after we got the car back to the um, 
the trailer, we took the part of the axle and the spare tire, I mean the tire and everything, welded it back on and drove the car back in on the trailer. <laughs> That's true grit right there. And I mean, that's, I mean, we, we got it back together. But what was weird is uh, the passenger rear strut was blown again. So we thought that when I came out of the woods coming around the turn, the pressure blew the strut again and caused my rear end to collapse and oversteer the rear and put me out of control. Gotcha. Well, I mean, and speaking of which, let's go ahead and go over to Cody. I know Cody's got a story about probably one of your scary, I wouldn't even call it a wreck. It was more it was a, of just mentally scared you. And Anthony's sitting right there. He yeah. can maybe tell you to talk about it too. Anthony, you can come up and talk behind him and you can say you're picked up on the mic. But what, uh, tell us about that that one time you, uh, I think you, you ended up in the hospital, didn't you? Yeah, I ended up getting two rounds of skin graft surgery. Yeah, well talk about it, Seth. Tell us what happened. So, I remember it was, what, three or four years now at AOP in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. We were bebopping along racing. I, we were like 10 minutes from finishing the race on the last lap. And we were coming down some hill and started smelling gas and we weren't sure what it was from. And we, you come down this little stair step and then you go right back up. Well, when we went right back up, the whole under tray skid plate was full of gas and all it sloshed forward and it lit off the hitter and when it did it backdraft through the foot boxes and big old fireball at my feet and I would have got out okay but when right before the race started we were rushing to get me strapped in and when we did we put my Hans on wrong so the instead of the um, Hans being in, inside the seat belts, they are outside the seat belts. So usually, what I can do is I, I can I can loosen my straps and roll everything off and get out. Well, I was caught by the uh, adjuster straps, so I was I crawled out of the car with my head pinned against the door, releasing my Hans, and I fell on the ground. Jeez. And my, of course, then I didn't have the right shoes on, and my fire suit pulled out. And it was only right there where the skin was exposed, and I got third-degree burns. Yep. And yep. The, everything from the dashboard was melted together. You turn the switch on, fucking everything came on. Jeez. So that's why it's a little crispy underneath the hood still. <laughs> that's on the current car. Yeah. Well, Both. We, re we rebuilt everything. Yeah. It's all good. All new wiring, everything. But yeah, it was. Tell us your account of it, Anthony. Well, you hear you, you, you know, when you're in the pit, you sit in the pit. A lot of times you don't know what's going on. That's the scary part. When you hear your son's car's caught on fire and he's got third degree burns, that kind of bothers you. But he actually walked back to the pits. Him and his co-driver Mark Klingle walked back to the pits and Mark assisted getting Cody out. Mark said that was one of the scariest things seeing your, you know, when your good friends get burnt like that. And I'm pretty sure Cody was struggling and fighting to get out of that car. Mark helped him. So they walked back. We got him to the hospital. They, oh, yeah, he's got third degree burns. Wow. So they treated him. And at that time, uh, uh, you ride back. I rode back with Wacker. But Alex Wacker was there racing. And they let Cody ride back in their toter home so he could keep his feet up and elevated. When we got back, we went, he went through three rounds of surgery. Two skin grafts. They pulled the uh, hide, the skin from his thighs, Fire. and then. But he recovered very well, very fast, no pain. And so now we're we've taken extra caution, extra steps, making sure you know everything's done right in the beginning. So, and like we had the fire extinguishers in the car, and that helped, and, and all that. So it's just one of those things. Now we're a little more serious about our our safety stuff. Yeah, it, 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 sometimes it takes, it, I hate to say it, but sometimes it takes something like that to make it a little well, bit I, more. I was the poster child for fire socks. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, our sanctioned bodies can put all the rules they need or put every rule in the rule book, but it's up to all of us as yeah. drivers to determine how safe we want to be. Yeah. You know, and... 
we the only way we can learn that is from the experiences from the mistakes that we get. Unfortunately, that's the only way to learn. Yeah, no, that's I mean, we learned learn. a lot after last year's fire accident. I don't want to really talk about it, but we learned a lot. We made a lot of changes within our own bouncer series. Yep. And we got what nine degrees of shit from every driver because yep. oh my god, I got to keep my visor down. I got to wear gloves. I got to wear fire socks. Yep. Yeah, bro, we want you to live. Yeah. You know, we almost lost a guy last year at rock bouncing. And he was wearing mechanics work gloves and like hey dudes for shoes. And he had burns all like I think it was 75, 80% of his body. Yep. Uh, he survived obviously. And I was amazed great. to see that Wes survived that whole situation. Yeah. That was a. That was a miracle that he survived that. Man, scary. I mean, now, I mean, we got to go to the guy in the, in the, in the, uh, in this turtle, in turtle shell. shell. Oh, Ian, yeah, let's yeah. talk about Ian over there. Uh, I, I would safety. say that. Yeah, safety. You, safety, you and right? Kevin. Tell us where you started out, where'd this come, where, I mean, let's start from whenever you got to Cranon and set up well, and go from there. Cranon last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we have to have a spotter in the tower and I don't, I don't trust many people. I trust Heath Day to tell me what I need to do, what I do, don't need to do. He's normally my co-driver, but since we have to have a spotter, um, Heath wanted to be in the tower, and so last year, Ian got in the car with me, and Ian did a jam-up job spotting around the car and letting me know exactly where the cars were and how close they were and what proximity and which direction I needed to turn, along with Heath, who was in the tower. So then we fast forward to this year, and I was going to run by myself with Heath in the tower. But Ian had just ran the 4900 class and did an awesome job. He finished that race. He finished that race. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> just shut it down. So, yeah, other than the first turn. Yeah, well, there was a couple of turns we might have won. But. <laughs> might have blown a couple of turns. But, I mean, there, yeah. were, no, there were no issues yeah. or anything, so he knew the track. Um, so, I wanted him in the car with me just to kind of keep an eye on what's going on because I, I'm, of course, laser focused right what's happening right in front of me. And so he gets in the car with me. And one thing that I did realize after the start of the race was how different the track was from the practice sessions. Mm -hmm. And I think that right there alone is what caused the complete nuclear explosion of what happened in the first 20 seconds of the race. Every practice section, they had just finished watering the track and it was slicker than owl shit. And so every single car was having to check up and every single car was sideways going around the turns because it was so slick. Well, at the start of the race, all of a sudden the course is tacky. It was it was it was very it. sticky yes. because they hadn't watered it, and everybody said, "Oh, we can actually haul ass." So here we are. We're hitting turn one at 75, 80 miles an hour, and we're going into the first two jumps at 75 and 70 miles an hour. Turn two was 65 plus miles an hour and everything's going perfect until it wasn't and um, everything went bad really really quick uh, that wreck was 10 seconds long I don't uh, I, I timed it it was it happened for a period of 10 seconds. When we went airborne, we were doing 61 miles an hour. We were in the air, upside down at 60 miles an hour. I don't, I don't really know what happened from the time that we first went into the air until we landed. But during that time, I, I do remember me telling myself, is this ever going to stop? Is this going to end? Because it just seemed like it just kept going 
and going and going. I think we did what? Ended up with eight. Eight four, four, four side four cartwheels four and four right end over side end. roll, whatever you call it, and then four end over ends. We okay. have looked at the at every single piece of video that we can get our hands of on a million times, trying to figure out exactly what happened. I mean, we we it, racing's racing. I'm not going to place blame on anybody, uh, but here we are in open wheel cars going 70 miles an hour around a track in the dark, in the dark and things are going to happen. Um, we were right behind Zandy. We watched, we watched Zandy. I remember telling Ian, there goes Zandy as he, as he started. And then we started into turn two and um, I, we were on the outside. We had we had the perfect line. We were maintaining our line, but we were an open wheel vehicle. And right at the jump, it all went to shit. The only thing that I was worried about when we stopped was him. I didn't, I didn't even know if I was okay. All, I, I immediately started asking. Are you, the first are words you, you said, are, are you are okay? Are you okay? And I think you asked three times before yeah. you responded. Yeah, in yeah. fact, I, and I've got the video and I think you've posted it on Point One's Racing. You can actually hear when you come to a stop, bam, you go, are you okay? Are you okay? You can actually hear it in what you, you posted. You can hear the panic in Kevin's voice. Oh yeah, you? yeah, that was a, this this is not this is not a typical wreck. This is not something that I have ever seen before. Yes, I've seen desert crashes, but that's totally different than what happened right here. What happened here was complete chaos on a hard dirt surface. Our first hit caved the roof over his head in six inches. Did not cave cave the cage in. Cage is fine, but the aluminum, one-eighth inch steel, I mean one-eighth inch aluminum roof was caved in six inches above his head. Both of our window nets were bent. And they both came down too. They were solid rod and they bent. I don't know how they bent, but they were both bent exactly the same. I don't know how I walked away from that crash. And I feel bad that Ian didn't walk away from it. That should have been me. He's he's 34 years old. 34. 35. 30, son. 30. <laughs> he's 30 years old. I feel 34. He's 30 years old, and I'm 53 years old, and that should have been me. I'm the one that's supposed to get hurt, and and it didn't, and I'm not. I'm not the one that got hurt. I'm the one that walked away from it. And we don't know why. We, everything was exactly the same. Right, yeah, that was, and, I, and, I'll, like, and I'll, I'll refer back and not make Ian double, double take it, but go to the Pit Guys, uh, Pit Guys uh, podcast and listen to it because he depicts every single second of what's going on afterwards. You, you got up, Ian, you got up and walked well, wow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure how. I, oh well, adrenaline would have been. He, he got up and yep. walked around. Yeah, because I got up and or got out of the car, and uh, took my helmet off, and I remember I set it on the hood, and I remember very like, oh, that's a stupid idea because they're going to forklift this back, so I'll put it in the seat, and then uh, about that time you kind of, I don't know, figure out that like, wow, that was bad, and things were hurting, and that was when, I don't know reality stuck in I guess and yeah it started hurting pretty good but and the GoPro you can see me getting out of the car and it almost looks like that I don't give a shit about him that I'm just standing around I, I was already gone by then but he already had emergency personnel all over him yeah, you know I, was... I, I hands down Crandon you know as much as much of a nightmare as that night was and as much chaos as what's going on Hands down, he was surrounded by emergency personnel within 
15 to 20 seconds of us stopping. Yeah, because it was by the time I'd even got, I mean, I remember first thing you do, you know, is, okay, get out of the car. And I got out and about, I mean, it was about that time. They were already there. Are you all right? You all right? I'm like, yeah, no, we're good. Wasn't good. A little sore. Couldn't see. Yeah. That wow. was the that was the worst thing because I I don't I remember I remember flipping about two or three times is all I remember. I remember the first hit was really solid. The first hit sucked. And then I remember still rolling. And then I remember that last like landing where we're done looking at the sign and uh, remember hearing, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm like. Uh, you know, you do that self-check of like, well, I think so. Um, and then I got out and, and I didn't realize, you didn't even realize you were that hurt until you, I was sitting in the safety truck. And then my shoulder was hurting and you're kind of pushed on your collarbone and you're like, oh, that's crunchy, that's, you know, that's broke. And your back just felt, I don't know, probably the easiest relatable way is somebody just punches you right in the, in the middle of your back. And it was just tight. And and you don't I mean you just went through a hell of a uh, hell of a vehicle accident. <laughs> sounds like there's a bunch of oh, shit. Oh fuck, he's in tent. my tent. <laughs> Get out of there! There he goes. Goddamn raccoon! Holy shit! Oh, that was some I thought somebody was rolling down the hill over there. I thought Bambi looking for food. Now, that's gonna be a first on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the right. Well, <laughs> the armadillo knows how to lighten the mood. Yeah. You know that fucker <laughs> jumped off the roof at some point. Wait, was it an armadillo or a raccoon? I didn't see it that well. Oh, that fucker. We definitely roll down the hill. Holy shit. Alright. You probably got threatened by the turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I've only got like uh, 23 minutes and maybe a little bit over here. It says it's going to go dead. So we're going to go on to this race. You guys have pre-ran. I've got you guys all mic'd. So I may I'll swap back and forth on the, on the video, which we don't technically need right now. But... Um, uh, let tell me you guys pre-ran today. Tomorrow is qualifying for forty-four hundred. For everybody. For everybody. For forty-six and forty-nines is tomorrow. Okay, so qualifying, but then you two are running on Saturday. Saturday at ten. Saturday at ten. Yeah. So, tell us about what you thought of the course and how you plan on traversing this. This is a completely different course than what Ultra Four has ever put out. Yeah, I'm gonna let. Uh, let him answer that because I only saw about <laughs> half a mile to a mile of the course. So I'm gonna let him answer that for us. Well, if you ever been to Tennessee, it's like that, but a whole lot less stupid. Yes, there's rocks everywhere, but it doesn't punch your kidneys out every 30 seconds. There's actually some smooth rock sections. As far as what I thought of it, I like it. It's different. I mean, it's grippy. Not much else. GPS file looks cool. GPS is dead not accurate. I mean, if you're on the on the line, you're center course. So, uh, Kevin, in the little time that you actually had to be in the car, uh, what do you think about it? Is, it? is it completely different than what you're used to in Ultra Four? I, ha I, I have never been in a co-driver position. I've always been a driver, and um, so I was very uncomfortable just being a co-driver. <laughs> And being in a seat that I'm not doesn't do it by driving. Not used to sitting. Well, I don't know. Um, we did take the course a little bit slow, but I tell you what, um, I sure wish I had my car here. You were chomping at the bits at the driver's meeting. It's hard to stand there. It's hard to and, stand there and, and know that I'm not going to be it. in. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> going to be racing. Yeah. I'm going to be sitting in the pits waiting for you guys. Yeah. Twiddling your thumbs. That's hard. Yeah. He'll see me by I am one. I am always the, the guy <laughs> that drives. I'm the driver. You gotta get yourself a donkey dick. It, whether uh, I'm good at it or not, Jack. I'm the driver. Yeah, no, I did uh, Vegas Torino with Derek West in 2012, so I was still brand new to the thing, and I was in pits with him because he he got he had two of the two two of the people do two legs of it, and then he took the last leg. I've got video of him, and I'm like, what do you think, dude? He goes, they can't get here fast enough. Where the hell are they? And I'm sick of not being a driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a different experience, you know, because I've always pitted other than co-driving with Catherine a few weeks ago. I've always been in pits for Kevin at every race I'm at. And 
yes, it's it's a different experience being in the car, whether driver's seat or the co-driver's seat, uh, for sure. Co-driver has to have a big set of balls because mm. you're putting a lot of faith in that driver. A lot um, of faith. What do you think? I mean, Cody, you've ran the whole course, right? Yeah. What do you think uh, top speed will get to in the 4400s or even in your class too as well? My class 45s, I'm guessing we're pushing 3540 comfortably. It's going to be... Like a top speed of 3540? No. Oh. No, okay. that's going to be... Average? Average. Okay. To get lap count based on time, lap count, whatever. But I think someone cracks off 70 somewhere in the rocks. Somewhere. In your class? In my class. Probably that long stretch. Probably the... Finish line. Yeah. Right or there. back by the pits. Right the there or right before you get to the Bronco Rocks. That little on that dog leg out back. Yeah. Okay. Where the you go over that ro loose rock. Someone's gonna crack off 70, 80 right there. 44s. I'm guessing somewhere near 100. Just with the big horsepower motors they got in the 40s, mm -hmm. they're gonna skip over a lot of shit we can't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just which that set me apart from everybody else anyway. But now I'm running you know 40 inch uh, BFGs and it's still those are tough tires. Those DOTs. Evidently are not tough. No, they're not. How many slits did I have in that one today? Three? Three. Think? Three big old D We're taking DOTs in places they should never ever go no. and making it work. Yeah. You, so. you, not we, you. Well, not me. Most of us. I mean, I made it a quarter mile. So, I mean, it's a, it's a totally different mindset. Yeah. You know, take away the, the, the high horsepower and all that. Yeah. Just look at the tires themselves. There's a totally different mindset. Yeah. There. I am running BFGs now that I've never ran before, and I don't mind taking them and abusing them. Because mm -hmm. I think they'll hold up, but they're not DOTs. Mm -hmm. You take a DOT tire, and what Shelby and I did today, I'm sitting here going, so this is what he has to look forward to? Uh, take that, put it in hammers, and it's a total shit show. It's a total shit imagine, show. Yeah. You're, we're lucky the two years we finished, we haven't had a flat. But all the years we haven't finished, we've had at least two. Yeah. And it's always stupid shit, little rocks you can't see. I think we're going to see a lot of tires oh, yeah. eating up tomorrow. And that's the reason why Shelby didn't want to finish today. We've only got five spares now. Yeah. Four. I had five. Yeah, I've got you four spares, spares left. Now we've only got four. So that's good for, what, two miles? Maybe maybe three? One a lap. Yeah. A lap. If I can go one through one a lap, I'll be good. Oh, I've done that before. <laughs> a tire a lap. Yeah, right. I'm going to eat some wheels up tomorrow, but I don't care because they're race lines. And, they're and the sad thing is, is I'm the only one that's going to be able to change a tire. I'll yeah. watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eat a lot. Emotional support. I don't have much help yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, lastly but not leastly, uh, who's going to win? Uh, Ian, uh, let's go with – you're pretty good with 4,900. Who's going to take that this weekend for Nationals? Well, that'll be – I'm going to say I think Paul's pretty well walked away overall, I believe, in unlimited class. Or, yeah, it'd be, I don't know, it's not the open class. I don't Pro modified. Pro modified, yeah. So I think Paul's pretty well got it wrapped up, which is fine, because he, I've watched him pass me a couple times, and it's, you, you're racing, and you watch somebody pass you, and you go, damn, that was impressive. Like, I don't know. That's See shit you've never seen before. Yeah, and you go, you go, holy shit, like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all feel when uh, Woody Rose yep. passes me tomorrow. Saturday, <laughs> you're like, whoa! Oh, there goes Doc too. Hello. Yep. So he's, <laughs> he's earned it. He's earned it. Got it. Yep. And then, uh, do you have a stock, a stock class in '49? I couldn't even tell you who was up there to be honest with you. Okay. And then uh, you're the only one in the group that's 4400. Who are you going to call the win? Well, I mean, of course, I would go with Paul. Um, but you know, there's there's a huge difference when you're racing, if you're paying for your repairs or if you're not paying for your repairs. Uh -huh. is that, That's how hard you're going to push your rig. And um, so I do, I, I feel like that Paul's going to walk away with it tomorrow. Um, he's going to push it just on the, the edge. I think that he'll, he'll probably lose a couple of tires, but I'm sure he's got the pit worked out to where he can get in and out pretty quick. Now, he did lose a transmission today during yeah. pre-running. So he's going to get another transmission in at 11 p.m. tonight. Yep. And his team is going to put it in. He was supposed to be at the podcast, but because of reasons we all know, he's got to be there to take that transmission out and do everything. Mm -hmm. That's why he couldn't make it with us. But so, you've, got to, you've got to realize Paul 
works and does all of his own stuff. He does. He does. He is the guy that works on it, just like I work on my stuff. You know, I don't have I don't yeah. have the the five or six guys that come in and do all the work, and I sit back and drink my martini, which I would love to do. But you know, <laughs> Paul works on his own stuff. He fixes his own stuff. He may not pay for it, but he does fix his own stuff. So he is out there right now, getting his stuff prepped for a new transmission himself. So uh, I guess we'll move over to uh, Mr. Uh, Shelby. Yep. And you're in 4,800. Yep. Pull it off. Uh, I want to say Woody Rose, but if Doc Jones is here, I'm putting Buddy on Doc. Gotcha. Now, Woody Rose is actually, is he the one driving the tribute car? Um, I'm not sure if it's a tribute car, but it's a Trent Fab car. A, okay, no, it's not. It's the it's the old branded car from uh, the guy that passed away. I can't remember his name. No, no, it, this is a Trent Fab. Okay. I mean, Woody Rose, like his stepdad is Derek Trent, so. I got you. Um, okay. It's uh, Lisa Trent's son. Kid's fast. He's like 18, 20 years old. Has no fear whatsoever. So it's either going to be him or Doc Jones, one of the two, I think, so we can pull it out in 48. Gotcha. And then... Uh, all right, then you're in 4,500. Yeah. We don't have anybody representing 4,600, which we know is going to be the freaking It's going to be a Bronco. Yeah. It's going to be a I might pull wild card out of its ass, and it might be the forerunner. Don't put it out now. <laughs> oh, Sherpa? Oh, the fuck Sherpa, yeah. The Sherpa one? I've seen 4.6 liters of fury and bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to the Bronco? Which one? The big full-size The fit, The Eddie Bauer one? Yeah. Oh. The fucker that always broke his TTB? That's, uh, uh, that's Hale. <laughs> Kenneth Hale. Yeah. yeah, that's Kenneth Hale, Dana's cousin. I don't know. I hadn't seen him since. I haven't seen him Rush since. last year. Thank goodness. Or was it Rush this year? No, it was. I, I know Dana. I hadn't seen him since I think Tennessee last Maybe year. Maybe it was AOP last year. Was the last time I saw him. Maybe it was AOP. That fucker was all in the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a big freaking. Car That's a big body vehicle yeah, to do shit huge. like that. The maroon one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was even an Eddie Bauer edition yeah. of he, all things. <laughs> he's down there by us. He's out of Weatherford. So he's here. All right. Well, I don't know if he's here. here. Oh, he's from Weatherford, Texas. Yeah, he's from Weatherford. I got you. I got you. So, 4,500. I mean, 45s, we're all right there with each other. I mean, it, Troy pulled off a win at AOP, one of the toughest courses, only because I snapped a, a, a RCV axle. It could it could be me. It could be uh, Dwayne. Dwayne Garrett's a solid contender. Yeah. I mean, you're a solid contender. Yeah. Like I said, we're all right there with each other. Lavezzo could pull one off. Oliver. I mean, there's eight or nine of us, and we're all equal with each other of top and top five and it's, winning. It's just who's parts. It's who out. can have the biggest balls of steel, go the fastest, and not break, and keep the tires under it. Sounds now, so what's simple. What's it sounds – we're on 37s. 37. 14-inch shocks. Same tires I'm running. Okay. Yeah. The only difference – our two cars is he can run bypasses. Yeah. And he has to have a mechanical steering link. We have mechanical steering of s that. Of some sort. Yeah. Of some sort. And, and that's very loosely termed. Yes. And what is it, a square tube chassis? We got to have rectangular tube from the basically of the front bumper, whichever you want to claim it, to the B pillar. Okay. After that, it's bullshit and you can tube it out. I mean, our cars are very, very similar. His is actually the sister car to my car. If you look at it, they're almost yeah. exactly the same, minus the frame discrepancy and the shocks. And the axles. Other than that, they're almost basically the same. Gotcha. Pretty much same motor too, both Thompson. Yeah. I well, uh, think we made this success. I mean, I had a bunch of people, but I knew pre-runner was going to take some guys out because I got they have to go work on their cars and everything yeah. else. Um, it is what it is, and I hate I I hate that I whenever I do podcasts that I know there's a chance that they're not going to make it because they're busy, busy scrambling to be able to make the race. So. Uh, I'll be running race ops tomorrow, so I'm I'm the weatherman. Uh, I didn't know that till like two days ago, and I still don't know what that means. I mean, I've, I mean, I've you, seen I've seen dust to glory. I know who weatherman is, but I am not. That it guy. means you get to take all the bullshit over here and transfer it to someone else, yep. and yep. hopefully you don't get yelled you for have it. You to talk to JT. Yeah, no, I already tried that. So <laughs> <laughs> JT's like, you got it. Don't worry about it. I was like, okay, whatever. But uh, other than that, guys, thanks for being here. Uh, it's a cool time. Uh, I'm gonna separate. I'm gonna separate this into probably three episodes total, and and I'll I'll have all this. And then if there's anything that you said tonight on camera that you don't want put out, let me know and we can slice it. Send it. Cause I'm not doing it right now. I think everybody's. We all stayed pretty pretty straight. Yeah. yeah.
And I've had three beers, so I'm good. And we had an armadillo go on my crew. That was fucking. Oh, fuck yeah. You know that fucker rolled right down the hill. <laughs> Well, I heard two kids talking. I thought maybe they were throwing shit down the hill. There's a lot of shit over there. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching the uh, See You on the Trail podcast. I was sitting here with my dog. But, um, but yeah, we need your help, guys. So if you want this podcast to continue, uh, there's a link down below to uh, help. And I'll definitely see how I can do it on the podcasting realm and uh, we can make this continue to happen so other than that thanks for watching we appreciate you guys without you guys we wouldn't have a podcast so thank you very much and we'll see you on the trail